Okay, before we, uh, we get into things in this episode, I just want to mention briefly that we changed the name. Uh, and I just want to explain that instead of leaving it unremarked upon. So we're going to be going by um, Bad Praxis instead of what we originally were called, which was uh, Boys Chat. So I basically kind of copied the name from another podcast that's uh, it's not too big, but I appreciate their work. And uh, I just kind of felt uncomfortable copying their name. And so me and Bob decided to, to change it. And the uh, name of that other show is Girls Chat. I really recommend checking it out and supporting them. Well, anyway, this week, uh, me and Bob both visited or attended some kickoff events for the Bernie Sanders official campaign launch, which was Saturday the 27th. Unfortunately, he can't join us this week. Uh, we've had a few issues coming together for this episode, but tonight it's just going to be uh, me and our guest this week, Kennedy. Uh, Kennedy, do you have something to say about yourself? Hi, um, I'm Kennedy, and... I've never been on a podcast before, so I don't know what to say. <laughs> cool. That's no problem. We're novices. Um, you're on uh, Twitter. What's what's the handle people should follow? Oh, yes. My Twitter is Lord of Hell 17 um, because that's very me. I am the Lord of Hell. Yeah, it's a pretty good account. I think it's very worth a follow. See Kennedy's. Uh, takes on things so this week um or this weekend is the bernie sanders kickoff of it there's a really good video you should watch if you haven't already for the kickoff i forget what it's called but you hear from bernie nina and the campaign manager they'll have great things to say in the introduced uh a new app for the campaign which is cool uh but just want to say, so at noon today, I uh, visited uh, a kickoff event, and then I just got off from one at five, and feeling pretty good about how those went. Um, there weren't any, like, weirdos. No one was uh, really telling me about, like, the truth about Syria or anything like that. Just some good folks. is kind of the typical... Uh, generational cutoff you see at these kinds of things which is you have 60 plus people uh then this empty gap and then everyone 30 and under and uh thankfully at the other one i wasn't the youngest person but at the first one i, I definitely was the youngest by a few years uh so ilhan's expertise or i don't know why i said that uh, <laughs> Kennedy is with us today because of her um, experience standing the great Ilhan Omar of Minnesota. Uh, Kennedy, can you tell us about uh, about your love for Miss Omar? Well, I would say that I'm probably one of, if not um, her biggest stan that I know personally. Um I just think that she's a really motivational woman. She is more courageous in her direct calling out of um, 
what is his name? Elliot Abrams. And um, the Spitzer, I think. No, Abrams, you're right. Yeah. And the uh the US foreign policy apparatus. Um and I just think that she's really admirable. And the strength that she's shown um as people have waged attacks on her really from all sides has just been I would I would crumple beneath what she's going through. And so to see her smiling and going about her day um, and doing her job is just really incredible to me. Yeah, I myself definitely have been uh, blown away in her continued strength in the face of some really, really vile attacks. Uh, yeah. it, got, it got pretty insane not too long ago when the president like made this, I don't know what else to call it, but like a fatwa against her on Twitter, that video, that was pretty crazy. But um, what first got me onto the Ilhan beat was this video from Art House Politics. Uh, this is right after like she owned Abrams and that hearing. And I don't know, that video is really good. I'm gonna see if I could drop the audio of the woman saying, oh, we stan. Because, <laughs> I don't know, this is something really cool that uh, kind of touched me. I enjoyed that. It um, made uh, everything very approachable. And uh, we do stan. When she said, thank you for your participation, I lost my goddamn mind. Oh, we stand. I fail to understand why members of this committee should find any testimony that you give to be truthful. Oh, damn. If I could respond to that. It wasn't a question. On that was not that was not a question. That was the I I reserve the right to my time. It is not it is not right. That was not a question. On February eighth who is not permitted to reply. That that was not a question. Thank you for your participation. Yeah, it was incredible. Where did you first um find her? Because I was trying to um not be completely uninformed and like looking at some old like a couple of old interviews with her so apparently when she first ran for office i i could be wrong but the first thing i'm aware of was she ran for a state house seat uh and she like booted some 40 plus a year democrat incumbent and then the next cycle in 18 uh this was in 2016 and then in 2018 when she when she ran in the primary, there's this narrative that she's basically in Congress just because her district is overflowing with like Somali and East African Muslims. Completely ridiculous. To say that because she ran in a in a six way primary where there were two other black candidates and one other Somali Muslim candidate. And she approached nearly like 50% of the vote. Like, and that district is not like, um, minority majority, I guess it's mostly like white bread Americans. Like she came into office because her platform 
actually spoke to people's needs. Um, so I don't know how that fits in, but I, I found that like pretty interesting. It's like, no, this isn't some purely identity politics thing. She's actually a really good politician that speaks to people uh, in their needs, not just like what kind of demographic you fit into. Right. And I, you know, I think the first time that I probably heard of her was during her run in the 2018 primary. And I didn't know that she'd ousted like a 40 year um, incumbent. Like that is so crazy, but it's not shocking because no matter how much people try to pretend like she only appeals to like this very certain demographic, like I'm a white lady from not like podunk ohio but like a place in southern ohio we call it hamiltucky like it's not like i'm from a liberal place and i have such an immense amount of respect for her and i think that people they're gonna underestimate her and they're gonna underestimate other uh freshman democrats um this time around and they're gonna try to find ways to undercut their success and their appeal but at the end of the day, she is speaking truth to power. And I know that that's like an overused phrase, but she really is one of the only people that's really doing it right now. And she's killing it and being so fierce and so brave in her opposition to, um, to Trump and to the far right and its hold on America. She is really catching people's eyes. And it's dumb of them to pretend like there's no reason for people to like her. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. D- just to clarify, I don't know if I misspoke, but she first ran for the state house. That's where she kicked the incumbent, and then she ran for the yeah, house I separately. Yeah, but, uh, no yeah I should have. I should have um, separated that. I didn't know that she had run in 2016. Is what I should have said. So I'm sorry. About- yeah, you're good. Facts don't matter anyway. But, Feels um, over reels. Exactly. Jesus Christ. But yeah, uh, Ilhan and uh, I, I guess it's true. I, I can't avoid it. The freshman Congress people that I am impressed by are all women. Uh, mm. Fellas, yep. you're just, we're just going to have to do better. Because uh, Katie Porter, AOC, well, Katie Porter is not really at the same like star level. She's in there in the background, like doing incredible stuff. I hope to God one day she's a senator. Apparently, she's like from the Liz Warren mold. I think she may have like worked under her at some point as well. Uh, but like, kind of the rock stars are what AOC, Ilhan, Talib, and Presley. These, I'm not sure who that person is. Sorry, but like these these new phases in Congress that are fearless and do exactly the sort of messaging and policy emphasis that I think like I would be doing right now. Uh, they're all women. Um, I'm not sure how that fits in, but uh, I've just been taken aback at that, at their, at their strength. And, and I, we stand. Yes, we do stand. I think it's not a coincidence that like, you know, women are sort of, they're leading the most um, vivacious parts of the labor movement right now with the teacher strikes and 
one of the universities around here, adjunct professors just went on strike. And oh, wow. yeah, and I'm hoping that it travels to my university soon because I know adjuncts on my campus are treated like crap. <laughs> but now I'm a dumb guy. What does adjunct mean? An adjunct professor is like a part time professor who doesn't get the same amount of, I don't know all the details, honestly, but they don't get the same amount of um, benefits. They're basically like, so I think David Pacman is an adjunct professor and like, it's a side job for him. So David like you don't. Pacman? Yes. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well, you know, he's David Pacman, but I basically like, they're sort of like part-time contractor sort of things. And they still do like, research and they just don't have the same amount of benefits man that sucks solidarity with them is um is there any info on that strike you could share so it was um i believe it was Wright state university and the strike ended after i think they were on strike for almost a solid month um straight of work days and so the strike ended i believe they got most of their demands, I would have to go. My my Twitter actually got deleted in the middle of it, so I lost all oh, the conversations. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I lost all the conversations that I've been having with one of the women who was leading the strike. But um, it was so funny because, like this, like the president of the student union was like shitting on the professors who were on strike. Like, what did they say? He was like you're abandoning your students and how can you do this to the the people that you teach? And it's like, they don't get the, they don't, they need healthcare benefits. Like they don't, they're not just like, they're the people who are allowing us to have these opportunities at college where we where you know, where you, at, you know, some fancy guy who's like student president gets to like sit through your poli sci class and stay on Twitter all day. And like, pass with C's because you don't actually give a shit about your teachers or your class. Like not all of us see professors that way. Are you saying we're not supposed to I mean, I Twitter definitely am on class. Twitter in class, but <laughs> I wouldn't be able to be in Twitter on class if my professors weren't there teaching it to me. Yes. Um you fucked that scab. Is he a scab or just some dipshit in the administration? I mean he's he's definitely got big scab energy. Yeah. I don't think he Oof. crossed any picket lines or anything. But he definitely had big scab energy. That's the bad kind of big energy, folks. So people have been sort of shitting on her today for, because, um, you know, there was a, God have mercy, there was a, another shooting in a synagogue in San Diego. And Are you serious? I hadn't heard that. That Ooh, this is not. Yeah. And then oh only, I mean. It's so fucked up that, like, my first thought is only one person died. But, like, that's a person. A human being was murdered by a white supremacist in a synagogue. And she tweeted about it. And there are people who are still trying to act like she's an anti-Semite. Like, I'm going to guess what the first reply is when you load that tweet is. Uh, someone did something in San Diego. I didn't. Or something like that. I'm sure that that's in there. I don't, you know, I haven't, I didn't see that one in particular. Just a lot of like. Well, that's what I typically see. Like, so there are these people that want to be the reply men or the reply 
fellas to people like Bernie yes. and Johan and the Bernie ones, like I've already always hated them. Like they're dumb. Like they willfully misinterpret things and they, they're incredibly stupid, but the, you the want Ilhan, terrorists to vote. Yeah. The Ilhan ones are just, it's just like zero to 100. They, they just go right at it and, and just lay on the, the most, like abhorrent oh, yeah. comments for her. And like the first reply is always like, um, you know, some how sort can you of... criticize America when America saved you from where you were? And, you know, you should be grateful to America, that kind of bullshit. Well, yeah. And like anytime she's questioning power, people are like, Hmm. So people do. Right. And I, you're right. I'm sure that that is in there. I just, once I saw that there were like tweets with like thousands of likes in response to her that were just like shitting on her for saying like, we have to stop letting people die in their places of worship or whatever, you know, whatever she tweeted out was like a good condolences tweet. And people are also freaking out at AOC because she tweeted about gun laws. You know, the, the, the basic like, you're already politicizing this tragedy. How could you? This isn't about politics. It's a political tragedy. Literally everything is a political tragedy. Like every bad thing that happens in the world is well, not every bad thing, but the vast majority of bad shit that happens in the world that affects a lot of people is directly political. And so people who say this, like, why do you have to politicize everything? Is like because politics is life, and you can't separate the two. Yeah, and and things I don't like—that's <laughs> politics too. But those people are—that's a political right. statement, right? To go on Twitter.com and say, "Why are you politicizing?" Hold on a second. That's politics. What you're doing right now is politics. Right. That's a politics. Like you not wanting to talk about these things is indicative of your politics. Not, not you. Not you. No, like I mean, the I'm people sorry. who are saying that. You know what I mean. Oh, you know, no, my politics, well-known. <laughs> well-known <laughs> gun rights defender. No, sorry for guns. misspeaking. Uh... I'm trying to think of like a really good hook, like a good transition to butt chug, poop buddy key. Um, that's a pretty good transition, right? Uh, so Pete, uh, like I, I would say a month or two ago, uh, Pete was sort of this to me at least was this guy on the side. I didn't have like a problem with him. Like it seemed to me like obviously he's. I didn't think he would reflect my politics, but I thought he was at least closer to like the milieu of the people I like in politics, like Bernie or Ilhan. And uh, what kind of what was good bait, I think, for us socialists or people on the left was when he was talking about um, court packing. But then we started getting this trickle of he was uncomfortable with uh, clemency for Chelsea Manning. No, not uncomfortable. Yes. He was troubled, yes. was the quote. That, was when, I, that was when I knew uh, he fucked hmm. up. Well, that, that was when I knew, like, all right, we're going to need to get something 
um, on this guy, right? Like, he can't be that great. And then Nathan J. Robinson dropped this All About Pete article. Really, everyone should read that. It's kind of an excellent primer for getting into Pete. But at this point, though, I think like his faults are well known. So maybe you don't need to read that. But if you want to, I would recommend I would definitely it. recommend it. I think that, um, I mean, I defended Pete at first. I was one of those people that was like, if you're... What did you defend him from? I defended him from people who like, people who like, Beto, I sort of, I sort of saw that he and Beto had the same sort of like politics, where they talked very progressive and they sort of positioned themselves as very progressive. And I was just sort of like, uh, you know, if you like Beto and you play identity politics, like it, like Beto's a straight white guy and Buttigieg is a gay white guy, so like, if that's right, it's like you know he's a little bit better because their politics are almost identical. If you're going to build the perfect hoe, uh, use your 50 bucks wisely and, yes, and exactly. go for the gay instead of the straight. So, I mean, so I, it wasn't a defense so much as it was like, he is not the worst that he could be. And then he opened his mouth and I was like, oh, never mind. I was wrong. Well, even even the court packing thing, I, I don't really know the wonkish details, but apparently it's not what he's proposing is not very radical. It's basically like expanding the court and term limits. And I, I think the way it's structured is like kind of bipartisan, fuck bipartisanship. We need to load it with like, I don't know, 19 year old PSL members. Right. Like pack the court with people who are going to be alive for a long fucking time and who don't suck. It's not that hard to figure out that that's what we need. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And He's not someone that, if you're uncomfortable with the way things are, like the establishment, I don't like to go too much on that track because I think people start sounding really dumb when they talk about the establishment or the DNC. It just gets gets really stupid really fast. Yes, I agree. But some things to note about the way he's fundraising, only 64%. and this, uh, I'll give him a little bit of credit. This is much better than candidates typically are. But only 64% of his funding for the first, like, reporting um, was from donors who had contributed uh, less than $200. So we're in, we're in a moment, right, where everyone's about the small dollar stuff only from, like, real people. And he's also hired... Let's see. I'll just read the tweet. It says, "Rising Democratic star Pete um, Buddy G, butt gag, <laughs> has enlisted over two dozen Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton sta- uh, fundraisers to build his 2020 campaign war chest. We have exclusively obtained the list of his early bundlers. So he's got the bundlers from um, HRC and Obama. So be, I mean." concerned about the establishment um should be probably concerned about this guy what i found to be so interesting is that he's a part of like and i feel so dumb for saying the establishment like you said i typically you know i'm a i'm a humorless leftist i try to i try to use the phrase capital you know but i don't think that that really works in these conversations because you just sound like a crazy person but um 
I think using capital is good as hell, but you should be in moderation. Yeah. I, I think that people need to use it more, but until they do, you know, the establishment is trying to find somebody who can outleft Bernie, like rhetorically, while still being like a centrist shithead. And like Buttigieg has like said that Israel is like an ideal uh, model for like border security. And he is a like a rich guy that still still joined the army. And he's just like there are a lot of weird things about Buttigieg. His personal biography is like insane. Yeah. In that the individual things are fine. You know, like you're gay, you're like I don't need to litigate how I um what my attractions are, but I'll just say no, I get that. That that's fine. Um you you what the other things like he 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 got really good grades. He speaks seventeen You're a languages. Cop. Fuck you. He, he yeah I mean like he 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 did this thing where where he responded to someone's to a deaf or he responded to a mute person's question in sign language. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. But taken all together. This fucking Ivy League guy who worked for Kinsey, uh, or was it Kinsey or McKinsey? I don't know, shit. I don't know either. Uh, it just seems like, like like he was built in a lab. Yes. It's totally inhuman. Why do you need to speak Norwegian? It's like, it's, so there was a, like a scene from, I've never watched Veep, but I, I saw this, um, I guess, uh, what was grab. it? Uh, Veep, the show with um, the lady from Seinfeld. I don't know anything. I'm so like, but um, basically, it's good. They're bad praxis. <laughs> basically, there was a screen grab that was like a handsome gay that loves war, or like a like a soft spoken gay man that loves war, and just I love intersectional. <laughs> <laughs> and he really is like he is like essentially running on like intersectional American empire and like more gay CEOs and more trans border patrol officers with guns and that sort of thing. Need more women uh, operating drones with Xbox controllers. We love it. More, you can, more, you can bring your gamer tag to work. More immigrant uh, prison guards. Yeah, that's what we need. We need more black people to run the facilities in which we house immigrant children while we keep them from their parents. And that's how we solve the problem. One day those immigrant children can grow up to, you know, you work hard, you're successful, you could run your own um, uh, child concentration camp. Right. Uh, Gitmo 2.0. Now with 20% more black employees. That's great. We get some Latinas on the board. Oh yeah. Oh, what would be really important would be if like they finally had an Arab CEO. Amazing. Oh yeah, they could. What would they be CEO of? Like some, con- some company that like, what, like Lockheed Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Because that really is their ideal. Like, that's their coalition is like people who want to just insert themselves into the system and not change it. Well, yeah, they, they've seen the complaints that 
I don't want to even say we, obviously we, but people have like of not seeing themselves in society. And they take that to mean like, okay, well we can just swap like a few uh, faces and we can have brown people or like women or whatever in these positions when, you know, uh, I, I, I think people have a problem not just with uh, the representation in the elite, but what the elite are doing. Right. And the idea is that the rep, like the more representation you have, the better the system is supposed to work for everybody. But if the idea is that you just have black people doing the same things that white people are doing, it's not like that's any better for anybody. It's just the same bullshit with a different face. Obviously, representation is important. And I do think that representation, like, it's not shocking to me that the fact that the freshman caucus of Democrats is non-white, you know, the people who are the most famous are non-white and they're all women. That's not shocking to me. Because people need to see what they want to see. And they, you know, they want to see themselves be represented and they've had such a huge impact in politics. And I feel like I'm sort of making that sound like it doesn't matter and it obviously does but it's not enough to just have representation in these awful institutions like a lot of them just need to be torn out from the ground up right but no i agree that um the representation in the freshman congress obviously there's like some dipshit people that got elected for the first time too but the ones we care about like the, the stars, uh, the representation they represent is <laughs> is different in that um, they actually are like from those communities. It would be completely different if you t- just like say, okay, AOC, we have a uh, okay, so we're gonna get a Puerto Rican woman. We're going to take a uh, Somali woman, and we're going to take a I I'll just say Muslim woman in the case of Talib because I I don't know as far as I know she's just been in Michigan since forever. But yeah, I think she has so Palestinian people, ancestry, but I think she's from Michigan. Yeah, from Michigan, normal, and she's normal. We're we're normal, but um, like if you took those people in, like you, they had a spoon in their mouth from the day they were born, and they went to an Ivy League college, and then became Congress people. That would be completely empty representation. They would just be, they would just be normal fail sons and daughters from the elite. Like to, to me, it's totally different when you actually like are from the community and your rise to power is from the bottom up. Right, I absolutely agree, and I think that um, it shows in the like the love that people have for them in their communities like when you see the videos of Ilhan Omar uh, talking to those roomfuls of children uh, rooms full sorry of children um, and it obviously matters so much to them not just that she looks like them and that she speaks like them but that she's speaking to like children are smart like eighth graders and high schoolers and shit like they know what's going on and they really see them they really see her fighting for them and you can tell and you can see what that means to them. And it's so much more than just an empty, 
idea of representation. Agreed. Um, do you think there's any way we can join Peter Dow's Red Army? I was looking around. I couldn't find where to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that he might be taking that offline. Might not be the best idea for him to publicize that. You gotta get on the deep web for this. Yes, the extra, <laughs> the intellectual deep web. I gotta download the incel browser tour or something. Oh no! <laughs> but I mean, it's been funny to watch Peter Dow um, try to defend himself against centrists who are like accusing him of trying to what what do they think that he's gonna get out of supporting bernie sanders what do they think like are they gonna start accusing him of like taking money from like an old jewish socialist like is that like (laughs) i feel like people don't realize how like yikes they get when they are talking about bernie sanders yeah are are you saying like they kind of verge into anti-semitism kind of stuff i think that i think that a lot of the times it can especially when people will call him like greedy or a backstabber but you know even if they're not being anti-semitic like they just act like idiots like bernie sanders is not i don't know this that's dumb so like he's he's not Uh, well what they start doing is the inverse of the reflexive dumb dumb like uh the establishment uh are gonna um, uh we're gonna have a brokered convention where uh Bernie sanders is stabbed in the back again there's no point in doing anything they're like anti-establishment they're like the establishment's anti-establishment to me yes <laughs> they're centrist anti-establishment weirdos same thing as like when like Tucker Carlson tries to position himself as like anti-establishment, right? Like it's this like he knows that it's bullshit and the people who are listening know that it's bullshit, but it's just empty rhetoric. Like he knows that he's an elitist and everybody knows that he's an elitist. And so everybody knows that Bernie Sanders isn't this like establishment person. Everybody knows that he doesn't have this like massive infrastructure behind him and this this um this big uh money donors i mean people want to pretend that he's like a rush i guess people think he's a russian spy now or something like and i don't even you know i don't even want to get into that and i think that there are some like some shitty some shitty under undercurrents to that that might lean into a little bit of anti-semitism but I'm not, you know, I'm not Jewish, so I don't want to, I don't want to put that in anybody's mouth. You know what I mean? Well, nor am I, but I, it's definitely something I've seen. I, I remember there, there was some sort of article, I think it was in the New York Times, talking about, like, how do we solve the Bernie Sanders problem? Oh, yikes. Uh, was that David Brooks? I'm not sure. I'm going to look it up in a second. But um, Was it the article where they were, like, spelling out his um, accent and, like, emphasizing his yeah. appearance? Yeah. Like, really weird stuff, like. But you would think that when you write th- that sentence, then maybe you would ask a question like, are the optics of this ideal to talk about a 
you know, the most prominent Jewish politician in the country and to frame them as a problem. I don't know. I, I think you might would like scrap that article at that point. Yeah, I can't imagine just knowing like what internet like discourse is like right now saying the like X problem, like the Bernie Sanders problem. I can't believe somebody wouldn't know what that sounds like, you know? Yeah, like after Charlottesville. Yes. When you when you log into Twitter.com and you can very quickly find people with Greek bust abbeys. Like Talking about teeth. Doing right? coded racism. I think you might do better than that. And then part of me wants to be like, is it on purpose? But I don't want to sound like a crazy person. But at the same time, how do you not know? How do you not get that? It's very weird. Yeah. Um, do you have any other things on your mind, Kennedy? Um, well, I'm always up to just talk about how much I like Bernie. So if we want to start there. All right. I won't edit this part out. I, I love I love Bernie. <laughs> we all love um, Bernie. We are all love. Well, we love, but love. What's the most like internet <laughs> destroyed speech way of saying I love Bernie? <laughs> um, I feel like in a recent like I would be like I am love Bernie Sanders, like that. Like just Bob me lowercase. I am no apostrophe love Bernie. Yes, like I love Bernie. <laughs> M love Bernie. That's good. I like it. Um, but what I, what I'm, so obviously, like, I agree with kind of the platform. I see some deficiencies that I don't want to harp on, like, um, you know, through the ones any kind of, uh, lefty in our milieu will have, which is like, eh, you know, I'd like some different language on Israel or, or right. stronger language on Venezuela, stuff like that. But he's better, he's better than like literally everyone else running, mm-hmm. including, including and especially, um, Tulsi, yeah, but um, anti-Tulsi uh, This, uh, what I like most about this campaign is how he is just giving it to us, even right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, maybe maybe I'm become president. Bernie says, but that means nothing. Uh, I mean, it, obviously it's significant, but you're not going to get what you want just because like your guy becomes president and he's actually a candidate who a year before the primary process begins is telling all of his supporters that this struggle is not going to end on election day. It's not going to end on the inauguration. It's just not going to end. And the struggle carries we're going on to need. We're going to need everyone, right, uh, to do anything. Uh, so we're going to need to, uh, I don't know, flip seats in the Senate, flip seats in the House. That's true. But I think he his like approach to politics is so much better than any like recent candidate. Like he knows he needs an army of volunteers. He knows he's going to need to grow union power. He's just like. If, if, like, any leftist best poster was, like, asked to run a presidential candidate, 
they'd probably be doing what he's doing right now. Right, exactly. And it's not a coincidence that like there are so many just liberals who fell in love with his style back in 2016, like myself. You know, I actually I was more of like a libertarian, right? People who Oh shit, me too. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, but me too. People... I had bad politics, I'm not gonna discuss, but I also on. had bad politics that so we don't need to discuss. Let's move past it. Um but it's not a coincidence that so many people who liked him for his rhetoric and for his like his fighting spirit and all that stuff, they're leftists now. And they consider themselves, uh, we consider ourselves to be, um, like I, I definitely would consider myself like a real socialist, not just like a, you know, social Democrat or whatever. Somebody that like does want to- We love it. Yes, we stand a socialist. Um, <laughs> we uh, we sing solidarity forever in the shower. I eh? guess we can't listen to the. Inter- no one can judge us. We can't listen to the international in public because we'll cry, and that's fine. And we don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> Wait, where did no? Let's talk about it. Where did you hear it in public? I don't ever. I don't like. I don't hear that song on the radio. I don't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hear it on the radio. But I have a. I have a, a a playlist of songs that I listen to a lot, and it just came up on my phone one day. And um, I just get really emotional when I hear it. I can't help it. The other one I, um, you know, another one I like is um, obviously like Breaded Roses, but also uh, underrated uh, Joe Hill. Everyone needs to uh, sing I Dreamed I Saw Joe Hill Last Night Alive as You. And- yes. Um, I've, I know that song in the context of uh, the Billy Bragg version, which is uh Phil Oaks, but yes, same thing. Where were we going to the Bernie bit? I lost that thread. <laughs> I also lost it. Um, uh, I think we were talking about, oh yeah, I was talking about how he like brought people into left politics. Like people who were shithead libertarians, like like you and me, apparently. Yeah, like um, well, I, I, I'll just say like my transition into being left is I'll, I'll credit Sam Cedar in the Majority Report. I'm not going to credit uh, Bernie. I've really come to Bernie uh, through that rather than like Bernie bringing me to him. Like, uh, but I mean, I, I love him. I stand him today. Um, but yeah, you do really kind of catch the bug, and Bernie's been really good at like spreading that bug. You know what I mean? Like the let's see just how left I can like go yes exploring ideas like looking at I don't know different stuff on YouTube or or books um he's been very good at growing a nascent or or what is a nascent and like neglected and withered I would say left movement in America it's coming back yeah and I mean so I wouldn't say that like Bernie was the thing that brought me to left politics in general. Like basically all of 2014 brought me to like real left politics. Um, But like with Mike Brown and and the attacks on Gaza and stuff like that. And so um, I actually found the young Turks first and that's, that's the the first lefty organization after, of course, (laughs) after a lifetime of Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh, they were the first like lefty outlet that I really found and trusted. And they also obviously helped to push me left. But like, you know, I've gotten to the point where I can't 
listen to the Young Turks a whole lot anymore because like Chang will say something and I'll be like, oh God, okay, capitalist. All right. You know, not really, but. Well, I'm, I'm proud that I, I never enjoyed that show. I like Anna, <laughs> but I never really enjoyed the, the Young Turks. John is good too. Well, John Favre, or what's his name? John Iderola. I don't. I was gonna say Favros. That's probably like a one of the pod I'd say person. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no! Thank God, I, I was never a shithead liberal. Thank God. That's like the worst you could be. Yeah, but, at least libertarians um, have like basic fundamental beliefs that they have, even if they're all and even if some of them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so the beliefs come from a good place emotionally, but the propaganda, like libertarian propaganda, is bad. And the beliefs that you are sort of force fed that the only, you know, you're told that the only way you can believe in freedom is through like harsh market capitalism. And when your whole entire like school experience is like teaching you how bad everything but capitalism is, like it's just sort of a natural conclusion to come to. Even if you are a true lefty at heart, like I feel like I am. You know, like I always had, yeah. I always had a socialist, a communist heart, even if I had a shithead capitalist brain. Mm, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's fine. Um, uh, I was. Oh, it's been interesting to see, like, kind of, um, kind of groups that have grown because of Bernie. Uh turn and like decide that they're too left for him so i had this i'll just briefly say i had this interaction i went to the women's march this year and for some reason like my women's march in this like uh redneck part of florida where you know we're in the district that elects matt gates to be a representative of our country matt gates um for some reason, our women's march was like pretty radical. So there are some PSL people in there, and I spoke with PSL people after the event. And despite the fact that Bernie is the person that like gave them the bug, that like led them to become left socialist and then join the PSL, they like won't endorse him. I don't know. I find those people to be strange. <laughs> when you just become too left for you, you even if like Bernie is what brought you in the game it's weird yeah I think you know I don't I think that a lot of that is like on Twitter I feel like a lot of those people are probably like very online leftists right and and on Twitter the way that a lot of leftists talk about left politics is almost like a bit of a, and I don't mean this in like a disparaging way, but like a bit of a clout game. Like you're always trying to prove that you're the leftiest person out there. You know what I mean? And it's, I understand why people feel that way. Like I understand why they're always trying to like, I mean, no, I actually don't understand it. Like from just like a logical perspective, Bernie Sanders is the one that's like, he's the one that's, that's making waves. Like, I'm sorry, but like the very online leftists that talk about like organizing all the time, 
they're not the ones who have started this fire. Like they're not the ones who, <laughs> Bernie, um, get it. Cause burn. But anyway, um, they're not the ones. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Bad joke time. Uh, real bad. No, it's good, <laughs> no, real bad no, joke hours. Um, but it's not, it's not those people who, whose message really connects with people. And I definitely am sympathetic to those politics. Right. But I also understand that, like, because of the fact that Bernie has pushed so many of us left, like, he's a pretty damn good tool for us to use in that way. And I think it's just hyper-individualism, right, that leads people to not want to support him, even though he clearly is, like... And it's the same thing with AOC, too. Like, I understand that she's not, like, the the best leftist in the world like i get that a lot of people are frustrated with her because they feel like she's not like representing the american left well enough or whatever but she is a she's one person and b she's igniting a left base or she's helping to ignite a left base well, she's like one of a few people. When I say a few, I mean like four, four or five uh, people of what I don't know could be a new caucus in the future. Um, you know, she's getting all this attention, but she's just like because she's the first one in the door. She's the one kind of um, weathering the trails that others will follow, and others may articulate things better or be closer to you individually but we want to make a movement that i think what the problem is with these two left for you people is they personalize politics way way too much yes now obviously politics is going to be about your values but you can't expect someone to you can't expect to never have to compromise your yourself as like you, not as a movement or like ideology, but that that, that somehow like AOC doing whatever or Birdie doing whatever like that hurts your personal brand if you endorse them. But like you, you're just some person. You understand that, right? Like. I don't mean you, but like, no, I know. Grow up. <laughs> right. It's the same. Like I had to, I had a conversation with somebody on, on Twitter and I won't, I won't name any names cause I can't remember their handle, <laughs> but they, we would, if we could. Fuck. Yes, I would. I would absolutely add them. I would dox them. But, um, so they were just mentioning someone's handle as a dox. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, nowadays, but anyway, um, we were, he posted that like he thinks there's no difference between AOC and Crowley. And because of like five or six votes. Are you kidding me? Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. It was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen. And he was like, um, God, what did he say? She didn't even vote against Nancy Pelosi for speaker. And it's like the people who the people who were trying to take Pelosi down are literally like Ohio blue dog, like far right Democrats. 
why on earth? Yeah, like, why on earth? There weren't great choices. Yeah. So the, the alternative was like worse. Yeah. What was she supposed <laughs> to do? Was she supposed to further splinter the party and vote for the person? Literally said that she should have voted for Barbara Lee, who wasn't running for speaker. Like she was running for another position in the party, and she was beat out by other far right Democrats. So what? Like I don't I don't understand if it's just like a lack of understanding of like like strategy like it was really it's really smart i think for because i you know i sort of see what aoc is doing is like trying to pull the party along by its ear with a smile on her face like she's trying to help brand the party as a more progressive party which i think is sort of helping to you know force force people to like stick to that a little bit more and yes she's having to play politics but I think she's doing a pretty smart job. Well, I think it's like incontrovertible that she has had a positive influence on that discourse. Like it's actually, like I actually believe this, like the reason um, uh, higher taxes is, is more on the table. And the reason the green new deal is something that, Every presidential candidate is going to be called on whether they support it um, in this next cycle because of her. And, um, you know, false or not, I, I think we need more people like that. But some people are some people's strategy is very off. Yeah. Like, I think that what you said about branding is actually really, really smart and really accurate because it is very much like a like you're supposed to have the veneer of a, like a Twitter left politician. Like it's not, you got a Shay Abby yes. or like you have some, you definitely have a black and white Abby yes. of like some teenager, 20 year old holding a rifle right. from the last century. And, and you are not actually them. You do not get to be them. Sorry. Right. And so like, if, if, if you aren't like as a, as a Democrat in the house, if you don't speak like perfect, like, anarcho-communist on Twitter language, you are clearly just not left enough for anybody. And the fact that you have been pushing legislation, um, pushing the party pretty, pretty hard to the left. And I mean, like, so I thought it was really smart. Just like, for example, like when she stood in Pelosi's office with the uh, Sunrise Movement protesters and she, she portrayed it as like, and I really, that was the first time that I got the vibe that she was like trying to pull Pelosi along with a smile on her face and like make it look like the party is unified in this like really progressive, um, like leftward motion, even though, even though it's really not. And I do think that it's smart politics. And I just think that, you know, there are some people whose egos are keeping them from recognizing how and I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if a lot of it is like just Jimmy door, Jimmy door, like dumb dumbism, which I think a lot of that is probably there too, but just there's nothing, there's nothing that she could do that was going to be good enough for them because she does still have to play in the party and they don't want her to play in the party. They don't want her to act like a politician. They want her to act like a, somebody in a YouTube chat room. Yep. 
I'm not sure what is wrong with their brains or what's wrong with my brain, but I think what we can say is that they have uh, bad praxis. Am I hey. right? <laughs> um, hmm. So I think we went on for a good time there. Uh, do you want to cover anything else? Um, I don't have anything else. Uh, if you do, I'm good. All right. I, I think here's a good point to put a, a pin on that. Uh, Kennedy, you mentioned your Twitter earlier. Could you just uh, restate that? You can find me, folks, at uh, we want chi uh, on Twitter. Uh, Bob isn't here, but you can find uh, him at Coys and Roses one. What about you? My Twitter is Lord of Hell seventeen. No spaces, no uh, underscores or anything. And um, follow me for uh, dumb bitch left. Dumb bitch leftism. Folks, I, I do enjoy interacting with uh, Kennedy. She's very uh, worth a follow. Uh, so, I think that's all for today's episode. We'll join you guys again soon. Yeah, We did it! Mm-hmm.